0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of The Daily Stand-Up. My name is Lee Henson, President and Founder of Agile Dad. Without any further ado, let's get started. We're answering your questions this week, and we received a question from my dear friends, Robbie. And uh, Robbie asked me, he says, the current situation seems to be driving more and more organizations to moving some or all positions to permanently remote. I've had several colleagues say they don't believe that Agile can survive remotely. I believe it can, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on how to maintain or even build mature teams while working remote. You know, Robbie, this is a question that's been on all of our minds, especially with COVID and with all the things that have happened and with many people working from home now. I've heard many organizations who have even said that uh, they're doing a test run of permanent work from home by allowing people to work through the end of the year remotely. So I see this trend happening in the industry. And I am going to go on record and saying I also believe that this can really work out well. The question is, what behaviors, what practices do we need to change so that we can work better in a remote environment together? Now, I remember in the very early days of Agile, we're talking, you know, early 2000s. Uh, I, had, I had the opportunity to work for an organization, and I loved them to pieces. And uh, one of the things this company did that was super cool. Is we had a remote product owner who lived in Hawaii and uh, it was just so cool to see how the team wanted to engage him so one of the things they did was uh, they literally set up uh, the uh, the world's most interesting man or something along those lines they did a cardboard cutout of a very statistical person in nature and uh, what they did is they cut out the eyes and they installed a camera in one eye and a microphone in the other eye and uh, it was kind of cool. They could attach this to a Roomba, and you could say, you know, "Hey, William, I have a question," and uh, he would come over, and it would be like you're talking to this cardboard cutout. But what was amazing is you could see what was going on on a monitor there in front of you and see the person on the other end, but you were actually talking to a cardboard cutout looking at it in the face. And and at first, I thought, "How hokey is this?" You know, it was just kind of crazy because it was something I'd never seen before. But now I'm thinking about it. And I'm saying to myself how innovative was that for that time where they thought of a way to keep someone on a live at the time I want to say it was like a Skype connection but but they kept them on a live connection so that way if they needed this person it was like they were right there in the office with you and you had a physical representation of the person there even though it wasn't the real person but it gave you the ability to see and talk to this person openly without having to feel like you had a delayed response and it was just super cool And I think that the key message I'm trying to send here is that there's three things we need to do to be successful if we're gonna continue to move Agile into a remote environment. Uh, The first key to being successful into moving Agile into a remote environment is to know your people. Uh, Size your teams correctly, know your people, Know where they're located, know whether the, any of them are in you know, a specific country together or if it's people spread out all over the world or if it's just people spread out from different locations. You know, You need to get to know your people on a one-on-one basis. So whether you're a product owner or a scrum master, it's important for you to build those relationships and get to know those people both on a work level and on a personal level. Because one of the things that I've found is that even though we can establish some key working hours, some core working hours. I find that people tend to, when they work remote, sometimes they drift while they're being distracted at different times throughout the day, but that's not to say that they won't come back and continue to create high quality work at a later time. Uh, in fact, I have one developer I'll never forget, he was remote and he would do his best work after he put his young child to bed, so he was up at 11, 12, 1 in the morning. And, and, you know, he would would do his work then. And let me tell you, his code was clean, everything was good, and he would would come around for part of the day to collaborate and to be with the team and to meet people. But we found out that that was when he could do his best work, and as a result, we didn't punish him for that. We created an opportunity, a way for him to be able to do that. And I think that as we become more and more remote, we're going to need to find creative solutions to engaging people to adjusting to their lifestyles and their schedules, and to finding new ways to trust and not micromanage individuals so that they feel confident that they're working for an organization who's going to reward them for the high quality work they're doing. Which leads me to number two. Once we understand our individuals, we need to make sure that we recognize people regularly, recognize that work is being completed. Find ways to accolade those who are completing work. You know, never miss an opportunity to have uh, a daily stand-up meeting. Make sure that you are, you know, congratulating people. You know, oh, I saw that this got wrapped up. You know, wonderful job. Make sure you set realistic timelines and make sure that you fall into a pattern. And what I mean by that is, a working pattern so uh, many organizations use the sprint as a working pattern and they use their story points to kind of guide them uh, as far as velocity is concerned other organizations fall into a working pattern that's more of a scrum bond or a lean or a combine workflow where they do first in first out and start picking information off the backlog that way but i think it's just so critical or so important to have check-ins from the scrum master and a product owner and notice i said check-ins not check-ups Cause I don't want them to, you know, ask the questions. Hey, what percentage of the way you finished with your work? You know, I want them to just check in and say, hey, you know, uh, just want to see if there's anything I can do to help you be successful. And I think that when we focus our attention on the success of the individuals, this brings the third most important thing about working in a remote environment and being agile, and that's making sure these people have a pure and clear understanding of the vision and strategy. And making sure they have an understanding of who their target audience is, what problem they're trying to solve, what their product is, why they're working on it, those kind of things. Because I think that the number one failing point that we're going to see, now this is a prediction, I think the number one failure point we're going to see as we move more and more remote is that we're going to have people who aren't as laser focused. They're going to lose track of who the target consumer is. They're going to lose track of the intent of the product or service. And uh, they're going to start to lose context very quickly. And that's going to cause product owners to become jaded and backlog items to be more loosely written. And for leadership and other people to not have those regular meetings with product ownership to help them get their head around and better understand how to produce high quality work in this remote environment. You know, I'm a firm believer that People of different types and cultures, and and with different skill sets, and with uh, different different you know. Um things different strengths that help them work together you know I I find that the more diversity we have within teams oftentimes the better they work together so I'm a huge fan of having people work remote Uh, I've seen really high-performing teams that are all in one area for example we had a high-performing team in India that won many awards and accolades the entire team was there in India but they didn't work in the same office and they didn't work together you know they worked from wherever they could go and I thought that was interesting. I've also seen systems work where we had, you know, a product owner in Australia, we had a scrum master in New York, we had team members in Sweden and in uh, in Italy. And, and, you know, even though the team was all over the world, it was just really cool to see how they found creative solutions to leverage technology. And to find ways to really get to know each other's skill sets and to know each other on a personal level so that instead of focusing on building relationships, they could focus on better energizing and optimizing the work so that they could really, really focus on outcomes instead of on outputs. So I think when it comes to building these high performing mature teams, we need to make sure that you know, we're, we're creating opportunities, that we're leveraging technology, and that we have a clear understanding of the work. When it comes to building these teams, or or I should say maintaining these teams that have already been there, it comes to finding creative ways to keep people engaged. You know, people don't want to have the same exact repetitive thing over and over again. They like to feel appreciated. They like to feel like their contribution is making a difference. You know, there's a huge difference between going in and saying, you're doing a good job or great job, Bob, you know, or whatever the case may be, and saying, Hey, Cynthia, I just want you to know how much I appreciate the time that you've been putting in. I realize all the extra effort you've been putting in, and I think it's amazing. You know, those two things are totally different. Even though it might seem like you're sharing the same message, finding new words to say that show that you truly do appreciate or that you truly do you know, enjoy working with those team members and that you want them to be energized. And I hate to be the the, the the executive here, but I'm gonna say creative synergy. We need to have synergy around teams. We need to have teams energized with powerful synergy. You know, and I, I think that when you create that magic, you know, that, that sparkle, the pixie dust, if you will, that's when you're gonna start to see these teams work better together. So I hope that answers your question. Uh, tune in for the rest of the week as we continue to answer your questions. And if you have one, don't, don't be afraid. Don't be bashful. Send it over to learnmoreatagiledad.com. We'd love to hear your questions, and we'd love to address them on this podcast. As always, we encourage you to stay healthy, stay well, and stay agile, my friends. Until next time, take care.